0: So load up the guns and load up the Lincolns, gotta ride like L.J. Jenkins. I can hear the money and the women and the buckles calling my name. Pull on the rope and listen to the bell ring, gotta ride like old Stormy Wing. It's a rodeo road, trippin' kind of thing.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 26 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show, as well our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler Long Live out boys what's up everybody glad to have you back for another episode 26 holy fuck we've been really doing it now harry 26 episodes in 26 more to go who knows we'll see uh joining me today as we get to it scotty baron's back scotty how you doing
2: i'm good ten man i'm good uh got a little rain there last week inch and a half i i swear you could hear shit growing like that's how dry we were (laughs) it was so nice to see. Oh my God. Yep. It was awesome. So I, you know what? I'm happy. She's pretty tough to pretty tough to bale hay and grow a crop without that. So her feed cows, you know what I mean? So fucking I was man. happy. I'm happy.
1: Yep. That's pure gold. We got some rain too the other day, which was like you say, well needed. I think the, a lot of the province of Saskatchewan across into Manitoba got the rain that was needed. Cause it was, it was dry fucking everywhere. I was out fencing with, uh, Logan Cadlick again on the fence line and, and uh, you're walking through the grass and it's just dust flying like through the grass, you know, not enough dirt yeah. field like the grass. I was like, Oh my fuck. And the, uh, the pastures and stuff, we not going to be taking cattle here coming up because uh you know there's no grass and so dry and shit so yeah she was getting to be a little bit of a bind around here plus the fires uh to follow up on that from last week we were talking about the fires outside of pa here fuck it got bad man after we after we did the pod uh tuned in that week and followed it for a few days and the wind wouldn't stop howling, you know, and it's so dry. And uh, I would kind of calm Good. down through the night, and then the morning would hit, and it'd just fucking pick up. It's never really been all that windy around here. And fuck, I feel like we're in Lethbridge here this last month. It's just fucking <laughs> cannot get out of the wind. And of course, dry, wind, fire just rolled and fucking burnt down a bunch of that forest. And I haven't heard about all the, you know, they got everybody out of there. I know that, but I don't know about the, the outbuildings and houses and different shit like that. But I had some people calling. Uh, wondering about pens and stuff for animals and shit like that. So, yeah, it got pretty, pretty hairy there for a while. They brought in a bunch of uh, firefighters and, and the, the water bombers and helicopters and everything from all over uh, different provinces and shit. So, is
2: it, con- is, is it contained now? Like they got her under control?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Once the wind died down and, uh, and we got a little bit of rain, they got her contained enough. And uh, the last few days, they were just monitoring it uh but yeah it's it's contained now it sounds like it's good and then we got i don't know what we got a few inches of rain here uh about uh two days ago now so on on monday we got two inches of rain so that helps get uh get that fire out and get the fucking grass growing so we're all set so yeah Let's see where it goes from how there. many
2: drunk farmers? How many drunk farmers were rolling around PA there?
1: Fuck me! Yeah, <laughs> going on out there. Yeah, so we're set that way, yeah. and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, other than that, around here there hasn't been too much going on. Our, our province seems to be opening up more. Saskatchewan announced today. Scott Mo said that uh, sporting events and youth sports are allowed to to get back going. So. Uh, I think we're at about 70% vaccinated and instead of stage one that, that we had set where you could have 150 people, but not, not sporting events and still weren't allowed to go until stage two, but we hit the marquee now for, for stage two numbers. So for those of you listening in America, it's fucking crazy. I know, but uh, yeah, we're, we're at a point now where we can, we can see other families and stuff now here and uh by May 30th, we're allowed to have 150 people outside together. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. I hope. What about you guys? You guys are still in a bind out there.
2: Yeah. Well, that's good for you guys. You're doing a hell of a bang up job there in Saskatchewan. And, and what, like we are not, we are not. (laughs) Yeah. We're bad. We're headed the wrong motherfucking way here now. Uh, I hate to say it, but, um, they should just shut down Winnipeg. It would help a lot of stuff, you know, kind of like they did with Regina. They just contained the city. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of where our issue's coming from. But yeah, I'm afraid we're headed back into full. In fact, there were six doctors on the news tonight, which I rarely watch anymore, um, saying they want full shut down all essential, shut down everything, and let's be done with it. But I don't know, man, but as we go for, as we go further and further on, it's getting harder to talk people into, into stay at home. It is, uh, yeah, it's shit. people have had enough people have had enough.
1: Is there, is there, is people getting vaccinated and stuff? Like, is that part of the, is there a reopen plan you guys have out there? Like we have or no, or is there, nobody's getting it, getting the needle or what's going on? He-
2: Well, yeah, there is people, but not enough. There isn't, to be honest with you. There's not enough people going to get it, whether you choose to or not. Um, And also people aren't getting tested anymore. You know, they got, if they got symptoms, they're just doing whatever. So I don't know, Tan man, I, uh, it's getting tough to take. I don't know. I, I know BC Saskatchewan and Alberta supposed to, uh announce something tomorrow about opening up again a little bit too so i don't yep. know hopefully we get cleared up and get the fuck going here with life so.
1: something gets rolling yep we'll see how uh see how it all yeah. plays out but there was a, a tweet or a quote of some sort from uh Dave Portnay that runs Barstool Sports and it was talking about how crazy it is right now that there's some stadiums that are full capacity or half capacity and then right beside it or, or, you know, a couple hours down the road or across the country in the same country, there's not allowed to, nobody's allowed or across the border. Nobody's allowed. It just doesn't, there's no common yeah. fucking ground of how that makes any sense to anybody. So you could just go to one place and sit with 20,000 people and then go back to the other place and not be allowed to see anybody. It doesn't, yeah. Wild. So Hopefully, the yeah. shit gets straightened out.
2: Oh, man. I know. We've been saying it right from the start. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So, I don't know. Whatever. We'll, we'll get through this here. I'm, something's got to change. Something's got to change. I know oh, that. So. Yeah.
1: PBR, full capacity in Jacksonville, Florida. This weekend was pretty uh, pretty good watching. Pretty entertaining. Seen Co- that. Cooper Davis takes the yeah. win. Back in action. Fucking right. It's good to see. Yeah. Step up to the plate, rode good too.
2: He's on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. That. I watched uh, some highlights and stuff. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, he's on fire. Good for him. Good for him. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy.
1: That's right. Takes full advantage of uh the buckoffs from Jose Vitor Leme, which never really happens anymore. Uh has a little bit of slip up on the weekend, doesn't do any any good. And, and Cooper takes full advantage, rides all his bulls and, and takes the win. Kaique Pacheco as well. Does some does some good in places in a few uh rounds there and whatnot too. So those guys are are uh, trying to take advantage of every chance that you can get when Jose hits the ground and that'll be a be a tight race to see the bull of the event goes to detroit lean uh big red bull oh yeah yeah uh, it's kind of it's kind of been hot this year had a few few good outs there and uh i don't know i don't, I don't know who got on him this weekend but kind of drew good the guy kind of got you know blew off right around there and looked pretty solid had a, had a good out was you know it was a great bull but i don't think he'll be in in the running for bull of the world or anything like that this year but a good out for him
2: I uh, I was watching some highlights on the mo- on the danger side of riding bulls in the PBR at the elite level. Was there not a young fellow that broke his leg like clean off too? Did you see that? Yeah, filthy
1: Wyatt Rogers. Yeah, young guy. I think it was his first event. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Like yeah. that thing was backwards, sideways.
3: Oh man. <laughs> fuck. I got to sorry Fox. it's not Fox, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> not it's not funny in no. any way or form but no. you know it's just like you know you feel for the guy it's his first event Fox. and just you know nothing's re- yeah nothing real major just kind of come off and stuck a toe and rolled it behind him
0: and
2: ah yeah. Uh, yeah you're done for about eight months to a year yeah. you know yeah. so and it's like
1: you say, it's not funny, but that's our sport. Like, that that shit happens every fucking
2: yeah. week
1: type of thing, you know? So, it's like in other sports, it'd be like, oh, man, that's crazy. And it's just like, ah, shit, you know, fucking darn it. Yeah. that sucker up, you know? The yeah. 10 guys in the locker Dang room it. are like, yeah. oh, that happened to me last week. Or the, you know, the,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. that shit's yeah. a common denominator yeah. in the sport. Yeah. So, But thinking about him, man, shit, and uh, I think he had a, a post there the other day about come back and whatnot that way so we'll see how that goes also on broken leg fucking uh chat did you see daryl teeson break his fucking leg once again not funny that was a femur but i seen like this is what was funny about it i seen the post that he put on there and it was like you know like broken. i'm thinking broken femur like holy shit that's bad and then the video came on and holy shit did you see the video
2: right yeah like Yeah. Like he just got fucking blindsided out of nowhere. Hey. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've unfortunately have had to experience that with Braden and, uh, he had a, Daryl had a picture of the break and I mean, Braden's femur was broke bad. It was kind of more shattered, but Deason's was like broke, broke. Um, so all the best. Yeah. Shit. Who said who said trotting horses wasn't dangerous? Oh <laughs> shit! Hey, eh? Stop,
1: right. stops fighting bulls and goes trotting horses and fricking like that's like you know those like uh, shows like ridiculousness and like all those rec tape shows or how he made it through or how how they lived or whatever you know like like you're not supposed to live through those. That one was like mm-hmm. that was that that one will be on some TV shows I think because holy fuck that thing smoked him, spotted him like getting hit by a fucking bus. So yeah, thinking about T2, man, that's that's no fun and, and femurs is what the the hardest bone to break in the body, right? So unreal. Cooper Davis going back to him, big news. So he missed the weekend previous. So he missed Billings, which there was kind of a lot of like talk around that in the sense that Billings was a 3-day event plus they added a 15-15, so Guys like Cooper, which probably myself would have probably done the same thing in the sense of, like, saving yourself or like, fuck that. I'm not going to go and kill myself off, which is what they did in Billings. They, you know, by the last day, they had, like, 20 guys or something, and that might be more than they actually had. Like, they just wiped everybody out. You get on that many bulls, that caliber of bulls, five or six of that caliber of bulls, you're just, you're going to get wrecks, right? So, um. He didn't go, which he was injured, but there was speculation that he's just like, fuck that, which, you know, that's part of the game. You say you're hurt and not go. I don't blame him one bit. Sorry, pinky. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, pinky. Rights, yeah, sir Pinky. sir
2: Pinky. Fucking Pinky. I'm not going uh,
1: to. Take, yeah. take my knee. in the practice
2: pin. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: yeah. So he didn't yeah. go, but uh, supposedly he was injured, but then also he was moving and uh, moving from their place uh, to somewhere else. Uh, I think in Dallas. But all his shit got stolen. It's on Facebook. You can go on there and, and check it out And Instagram, Twitter. You can share it. His fucking world championship buckle, his world champion ring, his NFR ring. Um, there was like five or six things that were like like most yeah. people get, get were lucky to get like a world finals ring in their career, let alone a world champion ring and NFR ring and all that other stuff. And it's all fucking... It got stolen, man. And I don't know if it was the movers or what went on, but we got to track that shit down. Cause that's, that's just ridiculous.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I hope, I hope somebody does the right thing when they come across it. And it's not some crazy freaking fan that finds it in a pawn shop and decides to keep it on their shelf, get drunk and talk about it. You know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if Cooper gets those replaced the exact same, you know, you know, however it all goes about it'll never be the same as the original one so i hope he does get them back uh yeah, yeah we all know buckles buckles rings that shit is everything to us as rodeo and bull riding and bullfighting athletes that's what we that's what we do man that's what we do it for really let's be honest yeah try and make some dough doing it at the same time but that's yeah. uh you know i hope he gets everything back i hope someone just comes forward and says, ah, oh, fuck, sorry, man. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. bad judgment. I took your shit. Here it is. <laughs> My bad, bro.
1: Yeah. yeah. by the movers, man. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, we got to get to the bottom of that, but we'll stay on top of that and see where that goes. Speaking of that, like losing those things, I remember, uh oh, fuck, it was like one of those rodeos like just across the, between Saskatchewan and Manitoba that Art Francis used to have. I can't remember. Like Gilbert Plains, maybe? One of those. Yeah, ones. probably. And so my dad's bulldogging <laughs> and uh, after his bullfighting career do you know
2: the story yeah i do oh my
1: god so he, he was he went to get down in his buckle his nfr buckle uh went over top of the off the saddle horn and it fucking ripped off his belt when he got down and dogged his steer and he got up and his fucking buckle wasn't there and like you like our buckles the money goes away everything goes away your buckles like that's all you fucking got when you're done you yeah know? whatever and it was muddy or something and he couldn't find it and they had like a whole search party out there looking for it and then they're like no we can't find it and they kept the rodeo going and he just kept fucking looking for his buckle i think they ended up getting a metal detector and found the fucking thing does that well can you you, like
2: let's be yeah that i was gonna say and can you imagine your dad like no one would be (laughs) leaving there till they found it you know what i mean? Let's be honest. He'd have been calm right? about it. He'd have been uh, calm about it too. <laughs> wouldn't he have? He'd have just been like, Hey, would you mind giving me a hand? To find my buckle
0: here. You know,
2: you know, but that's that's the thing. That's how important they are to everybody. They're they're near and dear, and you poured your heart and soul into getting one of them, especially, you know, it, it doesn't matter whatever level you're at, that buckle means as much as an NFR buckle. But with that being said, Cooper Davis, your dad, whoever, NFR. TBR world, you know, those are those are tough uh, to acquire. So uh, yep. you know, like I said, I hope I hope Cooper gets them back. God damn. That's that's a shame. And shame, and fuck whoever let it roll through their mind at any point to take them. Like really?
1: Yeah, that come on. They, you know what? I think one time too, uh yeah. Todd Bogus, remember? Uh he I think that mm-hmm. somebody robbed their fucking house after he'd like, a few years after he'd passed away, but that's all, like, his wife had left is all the buckles and all the stuff that he'd won, and somebody fucking robbed him and stole all that shit. Can you imagine that?
0: Yeah. Oh, like, that's
1: filthy. That's as crummy as you
2: get, dude. Yeah, like, that's just brutal. I, I think, I think uh, Cody Snyder puts the best fucking maggots.
0: <laughs> yeah. maggots yeah.
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so good luck, Cooper. Hope you get that back. We'll be all sharing it, sharing it around and trying to keep the word out there. Hopefully that it's out there enough and it's famous enough that if it does turn up at a pawn shop somewhere, they'll they'll know where to where to yeah. go with it. So we'll see how that goes. For sure. Uh, Austin Meyer returns to action. So our guest today, LJ Jenkins, once we get to this interview, he actually broke this when we talked to him last week and was telling us that uh, LJ and Austin are related in a sense and they chat back and forth and he's fucking broke it to us that Austin was coming out of retirement. And I didn't really believe him or, you know, thought maybe that's just kind of <laughs> who knows, right? Maybe he's going to get on some bulls. Well, it was like yeah. an hour after we we did the interview and it broke on PBR that uh, 34 years old, he's coming out of retirement and uh, back in action. I,
2: I wonder, I wonder if uh, LJ got off the pod and phone Austin and be like, I think I might have fucked up here and uh, <laughs> spilt the beans. You better, you better get it out to the world. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
2: funny. yeah, you know, there's there's a couple of ways to look at that. In in my opinion, is you know, I guess he's got some unfinished business, and good for him. And he's going to go at it as hard as he can. But I don't know. At 34, is it possible at that elite level? That's kind of a question I'm putting to you. I guess is I mean oh. anything's possible, but to come back come
1: back. Well, I don't know um a guy like him possibly like he was unreal uh when he was going he was you know he's always in the in the hunt for that world title and and he was like 10 times tougher than everybody else. He was like brazilian tough, you know. And uh yeah. Yeah. and so maybe he can and and I don't know there's more to it of like the Uh, He's talking about addiction issues of, of uh, drug addictions and alcohol as well. in the interview that came out with PBR and I didn't, you know, I couldn't really read into it if it was like um, pain pills because he had, I didn't know this either, but he had three back surgeries when he retired from riding bulls and he was only like 27 or 28 when he um, retired. And it was due to, due to the back injuries, which for some reason, I don't know why I was fucking on tour and riding with him at that time. i never even, clicked in or i never even heard about that which is kind of what's fucked up about the sport but so yeah obviously dealt yeah. with a lot of shit and a lot of issues and pain and and all these outside uh influences as well and and he's got his shit together and he's saying that he's healthy and clean and ready to fucking yeah full send so maybe if his mind's set up to it and he's in great shape like he was back in the day well, I'll be cheering for him, man. You don't get much of a nicer guy than him, old catfish, man. He's a fucking nice guy. and means well all the time. It was just gritty, like I said. So, wow. okay, I hope.
2: I I do agree with you 100%. I, I had the, the opportunity to fight bulls uh, for him uh, at the Calgary Stampede for quite a few years. And, yeah, he is tougher than whale shit, eh? Like, he could take a beating and keep going. And, and to that note, hey, If this is his vendetta of proving that I'm clean and I got something to prove and I'm going to come back, I'm with you. All the power to him. Go kick some ass and and do it. Right. So, yeah,
1: exactly. That might be another part of it, too, where he's talking that it's not like he's fucking. Trying to get some exemptions back and head back on tour like he said he's got a bunch of rust to knock off and he's going to go to some little events and try to work his way through it and see where it goes so it could just be maybe just for himself like you said it's just uh proving mm-hmm. to himself that he can get back to it and and uh an accomplishment or a reward for for cleaning his shit up and and getting back to to where he wants to be so we'll see that could be a wouldn't, good not
2: that if I remember right, he was endorsed by Bad Boy Mowers, was he not? He always wore yep. that orange, wasn't it? Bad yep. Boy Mowers, yeah,
1: yep. yeah, yeah, Bad Boy Mowers. Uh, what,
2: would, would, Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be rank if he, if they picked him up again and he shot back up and won the world next year? Like, <laughs> fuck, what a story! What a story! Why not
0: story? Oh, life.
2: that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. Those the the Bad Boy Mowers is out. I think of the the PBR, but we were talking about that too, and in. in uh, The other day, I don't know if it was me and Jason or who you're talking about, but, but the endorsement deals and how crazy it is how the young guys that, you know, they pick up these sponsors when they come in and you get guys like uh, we're going to have Luke Snyder on here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, Luke was had the most rides, uh, sorry, most consecutive events on tour went to the world finals 13 times. And until he won the last Cowboy standing, like one of his last events that he went to his 300th event before that, Mm -hmm. they'd all just and he had all the sponsors and they all had wrote him off and and until he won that event he didn't have sponsors on him and we were kind of talking about how like these guys have shown longevity they show they can be there maybe they've gone down to 25th or 30th but guys like chris shivers at the end of his career didn't have hardly any sponsors on him and some of the legends in the game right they just like ah what have you done for me lately type of thing and three-time champs world champs it's like fuck but i guess that's the nature of the beast right
2: yeah, for sure. I, I was fortunate enough in my long career to keep some pretty loyal guys, so I'm thankful for that. But it's just kind of sometimes it seems like it's the flavor of the month, right? I always tell young bullfighters, there's there's always somebody gunning for your job. Always. It doesn't matter if they're looking in the eye and shaking your hand, and <laughs> they're always wanting your job. And they're always promoting themselves. And to that, with that being said, those young guys are promoting themselves way more than a veteran is because you know you you've been there and you know that the end is coming. You kind of let your foot off the gas outside of the arena, not inside. But yeah, it's it's funny. Hey, like you said, guys that proved themselves for that long, they should be the guys with the most money, uh, yeah. you know, in their jeans. But sometimes it don't work out like that. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're fucking JB Mooney. Unless yeah.
1: you're JB Mooney, right? Yeah, dude, he's on a he's on a whole new level, though. Like, and I think McBride was on a, a level like you think Shivers was too, like, yeah, fun, right. But like, I don't know exactly how much McBride was making, but there's always rumors and talks of like, especially our younger generation, like that motherfucker was making so much money. So who knows what he was actually doing? But yeah, like guys, like JB, like you know, JB can post like two videos or something on social media and have. By far, way more mm-hmm. follows and likes and all this sort of stuff that that these young guys are trying to get now to get sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And he's just had like JB, same as Brad, just no give a fuck attitude of kind of how they went about things, and people respect yeah. that. People like that, right? So, yeah. JB, speaking well, of Del Rio, did you see him?
2: Yeah, holy, <laughs> jumps out and just kills one, eh? Yeah,
3: rodeo oh, cowboy. It's good for him.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I wonder Good. how it works. I wonder how uh, his endorsement stuff works in that sense with with the rodeo side of things. Cause I know lots of those endorsements through the PBR are for like PBR events. So there's a lot of guys that, even when they go to touring pros and shit, they won't wear like the same shirts or same logos mm. and shit that they will like on the televised events because it's all a lot of it's mm. based off of just the television. Um, you know, the time on TV that you're on. So uh, I wonder how that all kind of, I would ask is is somebody how that all works, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I like JB. Yeah. I,
2: I would probably venture to guess that JB's answer to that. If one of them came to him and said, ah, no, going to a rodeo, he'd be like, fuck, whatever. I don't give a shit. See you (laughs) later. You know, that's that's how he rolls. That's how he rolls.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Del Rio was pretty cool watching too. That's one of the first times I tuned into the uh, the Cowboy Channel there, other than the NFR. I got to watch that, but uh, pretty cool to see that epic event. Not the best bull riding by any means compared to especially watching the the PBR that was on right before yeah. it. You know, you watch it on Ride Pass and then you flip it over to real but yeah some good rides and i think it's the historic event
2: yeah i was gonna say i think it's the heritage behind it eh, that that draws people to it it's just it's like one of those ones that you everybody wants to be at kind of like back in our day box springs is the hugest amateur rodeo you would give up everything to go there right uh those those there's those good places and people will, will miss they'll miss weddings and And birthdays (laughs) to go to that, right?
0: So,
1: whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Phil Mickelson, did you watch any golf this
2: weekend? Well, I was watching a bit, and I do have a question, and please clarify on this. It was quick today that I was listening to it. There was was an interviewer interviewing a golfer. Did you see this?
1: Brooks Koepka? When he got all pissed off?
2: Yeah, what was that all yeah what was that all about like was who was he mad at was he mad at the interview or the guys walking behind him? no yeah I don't know. So, what's so, the story on that
1: okay so it's the guy walking behind him who is Bryson DeChambeau so I don't I like obviously don't have the ins on what goes on on that tour but from like the interviews and from what you might read and shit this guy is not liked this Bryson and he's the guy that gained all the weight and, and he uh he can hit the ball way further than everybody else. Now he's like trying to change the game with how he, how he goes about playing the game. But uh, from, from what the, what the tabloids and everything are reading—he's not
0: the most well-liked
1: guy on tour, to the point where most of them can't stand him and to play with him by the sounds of it. Which I don't know if it's his attitude or yeah or what 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 it is that these guys aren't liking. But that guy—that's Brooks Kepka that stopped that interview because he just like couldn't even stand the sight of of Bryce and the Shambo walking by him. And did you watch the whole thing where he's like a fucking guy? I don't even remember what I was talking about, and he got mad.
2: Yeah, he's like I love I I don't know. I lost my train of thought there. And, and even the guy that's doing the interview, he's pissing his pants. Cause he's just like, this is where he said, we're going to laugh so hard later in the truck when we're watching all this. And he's like, yeah, you, you do
0: whatever you want i could give
2: a shit at this
1: point <laughs> yeah so. yeah and he's just like that's like you would like especially in golf like you, it's a pretty straight laced sport and it's like you know very professionalized mm-hmm. so you wouldn't think a guy like that brooks kepka would be dropping f bombs and you know saying that stuff and acting like that and he just doesn't give a fuck and i've heard other interviews with him too where he's like they asked him like uh how did you feel like you played today and he's like how the fuck do you think i feel like i played today <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty sick I like it
2: you know who he's kind of a Ryan John Daly do you remember him?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah do you remember oh yeah dude fucking John Daly right
2: legend. so that, so that guy would crush that guy would crush like a 12 pack and smoke darts Winston's while he was golfing right yeah, he still is like he was he was a legend yeah yeah
1: it yeah. was like it was like last week or something it might have been this weekend because this was a major. So he's got some fucking chronic injury. So he's the only player on tour that is allowed to uh, drive a cart. You know, they have to walk at the PGA. So he's got a fucking cart and he's getting into some of these events because he's won them in the past. And the PGA has a rule. Once you've won an event, you have a lifetime buy to that event. So you can uh play the first couple of days Great. and try to make the cut so he's still playing at these events and there's a video he's still darting and he's in his cart and he got stuck at the one point like in a sand by a sand piece and the fucking fans had to push him out <laughs> true legendary john Daly.
2: Oh, yeah. I love it oh
1: god uh, but Phil Mickelson, well, Phil Mickelson him. wins it. Mick Phil goes uh, 50 years old and and uh, takes the win. Guy's been at it forever. And a wildcat in his own right, too. If you follow him on social media, he's always fucking around and has funny videos and not giving
2: a shit what he's up to. So
1: cool to see. Good guy. Good character.
2: You know what? I watched a documentary on him, and um, he's 100% – well, from this documentary, he's 100% for the fans. He's all about – those kids and stuff that are at those big events, giving gloves, giving balls, you know, taking the time to acknowledge people. And I gained any respect for him after I watched that. I think, I think that's so cool for a young aspiring golfer to have Phil walk up and acknowledge you, like what a way to build the sport, right? I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that has to happen in a lot of professional sports is take the time for the youth and get them rolling, get them liking what you're doing. So yeah, yeah, cool. He's 50 years old.
1: Yeah, you think you can do
2: her? yeah, I was just gonna say he's still I I got a chance, eh? I'm 49. I'm four I'm 49, so for sure I can do that. Shit. You're back in the game. Yeah. You probably have
1: to drink a few sneaky weasel lagers. <laughs> if you're looking for a smooth refreshing beer this weekend grab yourself a sneaky weasel craft lager this mildly hopped craft lager delivers a bold 5.6 abv but goes down crisp and clean this beer pairs well with any bull riding celebration fun in the sun and good times with friends this beer beer is available all across western canada sneaky weasel lager the official beer sponsor of the nfp podcast douglas texts me uh eddie the only thing when he came on the podcast last or a couple weeks ago the only yeah. thing that that i read from him i haven't talked to him in a long time and it said what the fuck's a sneaky weasel
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's awesome uh, that's awesome yeah oh shit hey um are you uh if you're in manitoba it's a kangaroo if you're in saskatchewan it's a bunny hug if you're in alberta it's a hoodie are you wearing a fancy hoodie there tonight i gotta get me one of them dang those are nice
1: the material's good i didn't know how that uh print on demand stuff would be that's why i wanted to make sure i got a few for myself before i gave it to the public and fucking right she's she's comfy as shit so she's public now you can get them
2: yeah the word must be out there because I have a neighbor just a quarter mile up the road here is calling the other day. Where? Well, how do I get that? Just send me the link. I need to get the caps. So, yeah, well, nice. here we go. Yeah, send the the link and away they went. Yeah. Yep. Shit. Yeah. yeah.
1: Jess Lockwood out. Another surgery. Fuck. What was it? A, a pelvis, eh? Split his pelvis, mm-hmm. which they think dates back to his original injury that he was out for so long with, with the, with the thigh muscle that was torn off that he had to get the surgery on. So. Uh, he was talking about in a couple of interviews that he felt like he couldn't get to his rope, like he couldn't get his hips to his rope and, and couldn't have control of his legs and didn't want to say anything because he didn't want to look like a pussy and it's like, fucking, you know, maybe it's just my head. And I'm just not riding good because I've been hurt. And then he, I guess he finally finally said, hey, something's not right here and got some x-rays and shit. And Yeah, legit has a fucking split pelvis. So how about that? Another another. Any other sport is fucking rolling yeah. on
2: his foot pelvis. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, and he was he was struggling. Um, yep. That was plain to see. And, you know, that's the – you kind of do. You kind of go, well, maybe he's just fighting in his head, whatever. But, yeah, like you said, any other sport, they would have fucking baby caked you to the – x-ray room and no, i'm okay i'm just gonna get on a couple more two thousand pounders here <laughs> they're probably gonna probably gonna spin right left maybe blow in the air but but i'll be okay right oh God, but thanks. but my pelvis is split <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh we've talked about that too though how um uh, shit like that that happens lots in in especially in bull riding and i'm, I'm guessing in other Uh, Western lifestyle events as well too, bareback ride and saddleback ride and all of it. But those injuries that compile and then you get to a point where even like Jess was like, no, it's not the injury. It's just my head. And you see so many guys like Austin Meyer as well, coming back. Like you don't, that just happens in the sport. So you don't dwell on it and you just try to roll on. And you look back on a lot of guys that maybe they're they're the latter end of their career, they just kind of went to shit and it's like, you wonder how many lagging injuries were just sitting there that you know you're, you're talking shit about a person and it's like fuck like you don't even understand what's actually going on with that guy right that's what's so hard about about especially bull riding because you, you just want to keep going you just you know you want to be tough and ride through it and sometimes you just physically can't fucking do it so hopefully that gets well gets fixed and gets through it I
2: I I think Douglas Duncan put it best on the, on the previous pod. He just said, I didn't want to tell anybody,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: I just rolled through it and how much pain was he in Yeah, just trying to keep going. Hey, eh? I can't imagine.
1: Can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Trying to fucking ride an airplane, let alone ride a bull. Yeah. yeah. But That's right. That's right. Crazy part of the game. Hey, I got another good one of Douglas too. this motherfucker. I got to get, I got to talk to him about this. Cause he called me out and then he shared it. On his Instagram of when I was, we talked in the pod oh. when, I was, when I was trying to spot him. Do you see that?
2: Oh, you suck, man. You absolutely suck. And the look on your face is like, oh, <laughs> sorry about that. I was actually <laughs> supposed to be helping you out there. <laughs> oh, uh, I laughed when I seen that.
1: Yeah. So we talked about that in the pod too, that I was like trying to like. Just yell at him to try to pump him up because I didn't want him to get cut. And I forgot that I was supposed to be spotting him. I and mean, I ended up just spooking that bull. And he just piled him off the front and bust his nose and wrecked oh. his hat. Uh, so that video's uh, surfaced on the internet now, which is great for me. Fuck every hater in the world to be lighting me up about spotting. I was going to fight. I almost got in a fight with Cody Nance one time because of that. I was spotting somebody, and I wasn't, once again, wasn't doing a good job, and he, like, tried to, like, push me out of the way to, to get in there and spot. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. I know what I'm doing. Like, I thought he was, like, trying to make me look bad. We got, like, an argument about it, <laughs> which probably looking now, he probably had all the right to do it. He seen me with Douglas, so you do that,
0: somebody. Yeah, like, that's Help. right.
1: <laughs> but one time, you are he- at the uh, Iron Cowboy in uh cowboy stadium at&t stadium you know biggest fucking stadium in the world i'm in the final three rides and it's the one where you have to ride to move on and mm-hmm. and yep. so so i there was three of us left me Stetson, lawrence and somebody else uh, joao i think because joao ended up winning it so it's me Stetson, and joao and um they like rush you to get on your bull good like because they got to keep the show going you know so we finished like there was like 12 of us and then it went down to three so it was three of us going and i had Bootjack of chad burgers and i was just like moseying my way to the other end of the arena and that arena is so huge but long story short they're like fuck like you're up let's go so douglas throws my rope on this bull quick and they're all, they were rushing me, so I was pissed off to start with that they were rushing me, because you know how slow I was to start with. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and so I climb in the buck shoots, and Douglas has helped me, and I just get my rap. And Douglas leans into my shoot, and he goes, 10 seconds, Tanner, 10 seconds. Well, I'm already fucking, like, mad that they were rushing me and this is like the clock i thought i was always on the clock at that point and i was like 10 yeah. seconds are you fucking kidding me i didn't even look up and i just fucking, let's go just nodded and this thing just wipes me the fuck out irons me up one jumps me dashboard over the front flip so then i'm even more mad and i come up climb back on the back of the chutes and i uh, rank as roy doyle was judging and i fucking got right up in his face i'm like you motherfucker you put me on the clock in this fucking situation for this much money i didn't even have fucking time to get my rap yet and you put me on the clock and he's like what no what what and i'm like fuck you you motherfucker you know exactly what you did and i storm off and i go to the locker room and douglas and stormy follow me in the locker room and they're like what's your deal dude because they, they thought i was just mad because i bucked off and i was like they fucking put me on the clock and i was like you weren't on the clock? I said, you said 10 seconds. He said, I meant ride him for 10 seconds.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: I said, So, you know, So. Yeah, man. Oh, we laughed.
1: So, I had to go apologize to Roy. He's like, I didn't know what. I was, I was
2: gonna going to say. <laughs> this is the point where you turn around, head back out of the dress room, back to the shoots to apologize for cussing the judge up.
1: Yeah, uh, like, oh my god, I'm sorry, man. That was a uh, freaking uh, mess up on all of our parts, but yeah. So, so I, Doug, oh. I got Douglas once and, and he got me, so I think we're even on that one. But I totally forgot about that story until uh, Andrew, cousin Andrew, brought it up to me the other day that I forgot to tell that one in his <laughs> pod. So, fuck you too, Douglas. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go, there you go.
1: Uh, other than that, I think, uh, we're pretty set. I think we could send her over to our interview with, uh, LJ Jenkins and, uh, hopefully everybody likes this one. He's got some cool stories. It's cool insights, you know, of a guy that's been everywhere. I talk about it in the, in the podcast too, but in my opinion, full fledged hall of famer for what he did, you know, ring of honor nominee, I think just for all the years that he went and the championships that he
2: won him. Yeah, I agree. He he was one of those guys who kind of flew under the radar, but accomplished so much, right? Uh, wasn't real uh, flashy outside of the arena, I guess I could say. I mean, he did his job 110% inside the arena more often than not. But uh, yeah, man, he's he's been there and done it a lot and a lot more than people would think when you start adding up the, the years, so. It's cool. I was ex- I'm excited.
1: So yeah, so uh we'll be back next week. Um hopefully we have our a third member of our crew, Jason Davidson, back. We'll see if he's feeling a little better. He's under the weather here today, so he couldn't uh couldn't make it in. Well, hopefully he gets that lined up. So for next week so
2: would would Jason be hashtag NFP or hashtag as Flint said AFP at yeah, this uh, point. Oh, do we do we stick it?
1: Oh yeah, full fledged AFP tonight. Yep, yep.
2: That's official. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I hope he I hope he I hope he heals up and, and get back to the microphone next week. I'll be excited to talk to him for sure.
1: Heck yeah. Okay, with that, Father's Day is just around the corner. And you probably need a gift for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him yourself. The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. Scott, tell the boys, hey, you might need some more. You already got the 4.0. Maybe you can get Dougie one.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'll get him the 4.0. I think he's at that age where... (laughs) <laughs> you can get him the 6.0 and he still wouldn't use it so no uh, they, hey they, that 4.0 I what was it the, what did we get first the 2.0
1: or the 3.0 3.0 3.0. 3.0
2: was the one that we yeah. got
1: and then the 4.0 just came out this month
2: yeah that 4.0 is on fucking real <laughs> I, it's so fancy it's so fancy I think it has a high beam and low beam light on <laughs> uh, that's yeah. <good. laughs>
1: Uh, Mathscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and just launched their Mower 4.0. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well designed, and optimized body hair trimmer that says, Your balls will thank you on the box. Their fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You might ask, how is this lawnmower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, this upgraded trimmer includes a multi function on off switch that can engage a travel lock. This is a great feature if your father or yourself do a lot of traveling. Yeah, she's legit. Just another step up from the 3.0 that is well needed. Yeah, that's the trick.
2: Yeah, unreal, unreal stuff.
1: Love it. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code NFP20. That's capitalized NFP20. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year. Show your original home some love with Manscaped. That's a good one. What a line. Fucking right.
0: <laughs> did you, fu-
2: like, seriously, <laughs> did you just, do you think of that or does someone write that shit for you?
1: Oh, uh, I think of that better off the top of my head. No, that's, yeah. That's oh, it. my God.
2: That is that is a good play what is that is that a play on words or what that's really that's really nailing it so to speak (laughs)
1: fear gold yeah uh before we go to lj one more thing uh the nfp tour stop number one and number two in prince albert saskatchewan tannerburn invitational uh june 10th and 11th is a go especially with these new regulations we're all set to go and uh, I got some tables sold selling 15 uh, tables for the 150 each day. So completely sold out on the, the Friday and a couple, couple left on the Thursday yet. So fucking she's going to be
2: gold, man. Everybody was fired up to, to get to it. So I can't wait. I can't wait. And I say that calmly, but inside I'm like, Oh, I can't wait. It's good. Yeah. It, I, I'm telling you, I, I there, there's going to be people that I, you know, haven't seen for a long time and, uh, it's just what everybody needs right now, so good for you, Tanner. I'm glad you're taking the time to plan all that stuff, get her going, because it's going to be fun.
1: Oh, yeah. So we'll get, uh, get to our interview now with L.J. Jenkins.
3: It's L.J. Jenkins with his foot on the gas. It's great I'm number one now, but it'll be greater in about two months.
2: L.J. Jenkins was an 18-year-old phenomenon. He... Won the world finals a couple years later, here he is contending for a world championship.
1: Some people would think LJ's been flying under the radar, and I agree with that up to this point. Now that he's world number one, everything changes.
0: Do it again. Reindeer dipping last week. Red jacket this week. Away from his hand. this kid is a miracle worker.
1: Our guest today is a World Finals event champion, an NFR aggregate winner, 320 qualified rides on the PBR's top tour, 19 of those 90-point rides, 11 trips to the PBR World Finals, one of the absolute greats of the game, LJ Jenkins. Larry, how you doing today?
3: Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to, glad to be on here.
1: Glad to have you on, man. What's uh, What's been kicking at the house here since uh, retirement? What you been doing?
3: Man, I've been, I've been pretty busy. Um, when I retired, I kind of started a new little bull riding tour. Uh, kind of my goal was to give a place for them young 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids to be able to go get on really good bulls so, so they're ready to make that step, you know, when they turn 18, but then have it to where they can, they can win a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out, out here there's a lot of events to go to, but they're not very much added. And then the bulls, they, they're getting on they're not going to get them ready to go to the PBR or PRCA rodeo. So I, uh, I had a lot of, a lot of success with that. Cannon Cravens was one of them. He was a tour champion before he went on and made the PBR. Uh, him. and you know, I think the first, first year I paid out $200,000 to, you know, in this little tour. And
0: that, oh, was, wow. that, that
3: was my main goal is to make it to where they can win a lot of money, get on good bulls and, uh, you know, and just, just be ready for that next step.
2: Okay. Uh, set them up for, set them up for success
3: exactly and you know uh and like i said them them kids they would come sometimes they'd get matched over their heads but you know what they came back next time and then they they got on a good bull and they got to riding and um i, I could pick them out like that that kid's gonna make it you know and there was a lot of good kids that came up through that and uh you know it's uh i've kind of slowed down on doing that tour now i, I put on a bunch of the events at my house ADBI events um mm. And, uh, yeah, I just stay busy doing that. Then I haul bulls on the side and raise bulls. I got about 200 head of cattle here that, that I raise oh. buffalo bulls with. And and then the most busiest thing is my, my little girl. She's a two-and-a-half, and she got on her first bull the other day. Like I always said, that was not going to happen, no. But she's seen them little walk-and-trot mini bulls, and that was the end of it. She was not taking no. Uh-huh. Those- no. <laughs> oh,
0: <beauty. laughs>
1: so you think that that's key like there's there. that's a good discussion that a lot of our listeners probably wonder about too it's there's half the people think that people are killing young guys off 16 17 year olds getting on too good of bulls and then it wrecks them for the tour and then the other says like you say where uh you got to get on those bulls because that's what fucking bull riding is you're not gonna ride 80 pointers you know you have to be able to ride those good ones do you what do you is that what you kind of think on that
3: yeah. You know, the deals that I did were bull team events. Um, so the bulls were always really, really good. Um, I think we're all kind of stuck and you being about kind of the same age I am, I'm sure you are the same way, but I didn't make it to where I was getting on little jumping kickers. You know, I was getting on shoot fighters, never had a rider on, them. you know I mean? And I know it's, it's changed over the years, but um, yeah, I do believe you can get a good young kid hurt too quick, but then again, I do believe he can go get on 85 pointers that just kick and spin perfect timing. You know, that is perfect for them. Them getting on 78 pointers, you know, that jump and kick and don't do nothing, you know, make one round and haul butt, you know, that's not helping them any. Um, But I do agree. Yeah. No, a 16 year old kid don't need to jump out there and get on a 92 point bull, you know, by, by any means, but I've been watching. um, I, I go to team deals all the time and they're bring your own riders down here. And there's a lot of 16, 17 year old kids from Texas, Oklahoma, that, that have got in with a team and they will be 88 points all day long and should have been, but that's a bull that fits them. They know, um, yeah. you know, but you ain't going to run in a bull that just went to the PBR finals on. them. But then again, I say that, heck, I had an event last August and uh, uh, it was right after the PBR finals and a 15 year old kid rode, rode my finals bull. And I was yeah. like, Whoa, you know, and, so <laughs> it's just one of them things, you know. If they're overmatched, yeah, you can still hurt them, you know. I think, and, and you can break an egg in them, but then again, if them guys know what they want at the end of the day, you know, I, I think they're going to be successful.
1: Hell yeah! Well, can I, well, they said Cannon was could be 90 when he was like fucking 15. They said he's yeah, and them. his, no and,
3: and his brothers and his brothers no different. His no brother shit. gets on for all these team deals, Caden Bunch. He just went to his first PBR the other day and was like four for four, and yeah, yeah, he yeah, um man. yeah, it's a. Uh, it's cool to watch them, them young guys come up. Fucking okay. name. Okay, let's hop
1: into it then. Uh, your career was one that, uh, well, my opinion, Hall of Famer all day. At some point. point, uh, ten world final, eleven world finals. PBR doesn't give you credit for your last year when you broke your neck, but you still made the finals that year. So eleven PBR world finals—that's fucking unheard of, really nowadays, especially right. And uh, what? Where did it? Where did it begin? How'd you get into the sport? Um, you kind of had a bunch of different hometowns throughout the year. So, so what was your story into, into the sport in the first place?
3: Well, I was born and raised in Missouri. Um, and my dad rode bulls and he got my older brother into it. So in Missouri, I started out riding calves and, um, just moved on from there. My mom got remarried to, um, a guy in, in New Mexico, which would have been Austin Myers' uncle. And that's yeah. how it, me and Austin were related. And we moved out to New Mexico Um, I started doing open bull ridings and traveling all over New Mexico whenever I was 15 years old because you could get your own driver's license at 15. So I went everywhere. And, uh, you know, I I always knew what I wanted. I wanted to be a bull rider. Um, One of the the big things that sticks out in my mind is I also like to play basketball, which I'm short. So, I mean, it wasn't going to go nowhere. But, you know, in high school, I was fast and I I was a good point guard. Well, my coach finally one day came up to me and said, you need a pick. You need to pick bull riding or basketball, and because I kept missing practices, and, you know, oh. and I was, like, I was like, "Well, this is pretty easy for me." So I handed you my jersey right there. And about two years later, I was a senior in high school still, and I had done made the PBR World Final. And he had to come tell me that I made a good decision.
0: <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I always knew. I mean, I grew up the Casperbaca series, going, winning, winning those, and. Me and Travis Briscoe and Ryan McConnell, we were high school guys together. And, uh, you know, uh, it was it was always a back and forth deal between us three. And we all knew what we wanted at the end of the day. And that was like PBR. And um, when I turned 18, I was fortunate enough to get in a, a PBR that day in Gillette, Wyoming. And I won my very first event. Oh, and shit. then it was like that was in July. And I won that event, and then I went, on, I went on to make the finals that year still with three months left. But, you know, it's one of the things I always, I always had my mind set, and, and that's what I did.
1: Was the first event – was that uh, – what was your first one? Is that where you rode reindeer at your very first
3: event? No, no. Actually, uh, my very first touring pro was in Gillette, Wyoming, during the high school finals. Let me tell you something. You're an 18-year-old kid, and you just win the PBR before the high school finals. I had a fun week if I could have one week or two weeks of my life back it would be from the week you go to Shawnee Oklahoma for the IFYR and drive all night to the national high school finals rodeo riding the PBR and then do that that was that was a good time but uh oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no uh I actually, when I got I got the call, I was at Tahlequah, Oklahoma's PBR on a Friday, and I got the call that night that I could get in Pueblo the next day. So I drove all night, you know, for my first PBR, thinking, "Heck yeah, I finally made it." I was it BFT,
1: 10- a BFT, or a Bud Light Cup?
3: Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a. Uh, I think I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah, it was still a Bud Light Cup then. I think. Oh
0: shit! They had
3: beer in the locker rooms. Whatever. whatever that <laughs> was, <you know. laughs> but uh, I went there, got bucked off. I went two more events, bucked off every bull. So here I was, the young guy thinking I I made it. You know, the hard part's done. Now I can't ride a single bull. And uh, then the, my fourth event was in Laughlin, Nevada. I bucked off my first bull again. So I was down. I was down in the dump. So I didn't know what to do. And uh, I rode. I ended up riding my next two. Not think I made the short round. Nothing. I was just happy that hey, I finally rode something. And um, they come and tell me like you made fifteenth. Place, so you, you're gonna make short rounds. So then I was really, I was like, hell yeah, you know, I was excited. Then they tell me I got reindeer dipping. <laughs> like, all right, you know, I mean, at that point, I was young enough, I didn't care. Yeah, uh, I still, I still he- remember hearing the story from my mom and my stepdad because they, because they weren't there; they were at home. And my, and my mom was kind of like me; she was just excited and finally glad I finally stayed on a bull, you know. So she didn't think nothing of it, and they do this whole. Spot on reindeer dip and wrecking out Mike Lee, you know, when he flips oh. over his head and all this. And I still remember my stepdad telling me, whenever that camera moved on to the rider that I was getting on and it was you, my mom jumped up and down, thought that was going to be the end of my life. Like, yeah. I'm dead. What, what does she do? You know? And you're
1: <laughs> and, still in uh, high school, right? You're still... I was,
3: yeah, I was still in like <laughs> high school at this point, you know, and it uh... just worked out, you know. I mean, he, Kind of had an off day, I guess you could say, but you never knew what you were getting with him, you know. But uh, I got him rode, and then the next week, and I went on the Columbus, Ohio's one, and I won that event. Rode all three bulls there, and kind of the same deal. I was like, oh, now the World Finals, you know, I'm riding good, everything's good. I get skunked at the World Finals. Like oh, I don't ride a stick horse to water, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it was just, it was just that, that that first year was a big learning learning tool for me and figuring stuff out, and uh, it was a long time ago.
1: What do you fucking do in Vegas when you're 18 years old, still in high school, and you're at the World Finals? I can imagine what you got up to, but is there some good ones with that?
3: Well, no, actually, uh, you know, I think that first year, that was when you had four day or three days, and you had like a three-day break, and then you went yeah, off. Mandalay Bay
2: I, and then moved over to the Thomas and Mac.
3: I actually went home during the break. Really? So, i don't know i mean i had to go to school and i just went home and thought just like you said there's nothing for me to do out here yeah. so I, I went home and came back but uh yeah you know uh it was so long ago i don't i'm, I'm sure i had a good time i just uh there ain't yeah. there ain't no big stories that pop out of my mind
1: yeah I, you know, I just think like yeah you can't get up too much so being 18 years old and yeah going back to high school for the week and- <laughs> <laughs> Vegas for the second round or so. for the next week yeah okay what about college you didn't go to college then, or you said you didn't go did, to New I, Mexico
3: I did not go to college
1: so you you guys you were just going like junior rodeos and shit you and McConnell and Briscoe you guys all got on tour early right All three? The
3: same time, yeah yeah I think me and Travis got on pretty close at the same time I think Ryan might have came in a year later
2: what is Travis Briscoe up to you keep in touch with him LJ
3: I see him every now and then. There when I was putting on that tour, he'd come to an event or two. Um, yeah. But no, not really. I don't, I, I haven't heard from him in a long time. I did hear a rumor that um, Austin Myers cracking back out.
1: No shit. No way. I was going to ask you. He called me
3: messaged me the other day. Yeah, no, he messaged me the other day and uh, it was just like, you know, just small talk. And he's like, well, I think I'm pulling my bag back out. I said, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> you know? And uh, he's like, yeah. And I don't know there's a bull riding here this weekend. It's called the mustache bash. It's just like a fun event. I guess he's going to ride there. He, he thinks he's still got him a few years left in him and I hope he does good, but I know I'm his, I'm the same age as him. And I ain't got no years left in me.
1: <laughs> oh, right. That'd be good. That'd be fun right. to see a little Valder on action
3: coming back out. Hola. Yeah. Yeah. Come on back.
2: Is and Ed and I still going?
1: Ed and I still, still going yeah. to PRCA yeah. rodeos?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh,
3: yeah. yeah, Ed Nye's yeah. going to the Velocity events. I seen him the other day at a team deal. Oh, shit. Really? Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no joke. He's got to be 40. Every bit of it. Uh, at least, yeah. Who was the guys that you were looking up to when, when you got on tour at that time? So, like you said, still built uh, Bud Light Cups even at that time. So, who were the big dogs uh, on tour at that time?
3: Well, Luke, Luke Snyder was one of them because I grew up in Missouri. I went to a bunch of bull riding schools that him and Matt Bohan and LaBeth put on, you know, yeah. with Gary LaFue. Uh, so I kind of had a relationship with him, kind of. So I looked up to them and then um, Owen Washburn because I'd always go and ride it right at his events there in New Mexico. So I knew Owen pretty good. And um, whenever I got on tour, though, Willingham, he took me under his wing. And I guess I guess we can blame all these crazy stories on him. <laughs> I'll just put it that way He taught me well
0: Yeah
1: Is, that, is this where the cowboy holler Comes into play?
3: Sean Wiese <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the cowboy holler that's, uh, that's one of them Whenever you just You know, you just got too much Too much fun And you had to get sick And just rally back up And you're the cowboy holler And you're ready to go
0: oh yeah cool.
1: i love it uh speaking of uh, <laughs> Luisi too i was talking to him about different stuff and uh one thing like uh jason as well myself in the agency business representing guys you were always you had all the good shit right like you were you were the man it seemed like the first guy to have monster you had you always like like jason always talks right the sharp dressed guy you knew that this guy was uh consummate professional the way you looked and dressed what's the deal with monster you were the first one to to have that come into play right you knew about it before everybody else as well
3: yeah uh, whenever we see them came up to me and said they might have monster on board they want to do a learning trial um so i just put it on you know during the finals one year and then uh yeah the next year they came on board and they've been on ever since we've done a monster video here at my house um you know, they were – that was a really cool and fun sponsorship. Those were great guys. Wrangler, you know, they were with me my whole year, my whole career. Um, they were good. Um, yeah, all, all the sponsors that I had throughout my career were just awesome.
1: Because you were always doing um, interviews and you were – you never – you know, you didn't say no to media, a whole bunch of stuff. Was that something that you knew in your career was going to help you in the long run and, and knowing that a career is usually short so you got to take the time to – to get, to do that media stuff and get those sponsorship endorsement deals? Cause like I said, you were kind of the, like the guy that, that looked like you had it all and, and worked at, at that side of it as well.
3: Yeah. You know, I never, I never wanted to turn down an interview. You know, sometimes I wouldn't be in the best of mood, but it was one of them things that. No
0: way. Know, <laughs> that surprised me.
3: <laughs> you know, I, I, I always, I always accepted them. i um, kind of going back to always remember where you came from, you know, and, signing autographs and being out there for everybody. Like now, I would do anything to be able to see a line of 100 people for my autograph, but I don't have that no more. So, (laughs) you know, it's just one of them things that that you don't take it for granted. And everybody's watching you. There's always eyes on you. So, um, you know, if you can just keep that in the back of your head, as mad as you want to get, you know, um, sometimes you just got to be careful.
2: So these young guys, LJ, what you're saying is you better enjoy this prime time when there's those lineups because they don't last?
3: That's pretty much it. You don't know when your career is going to be done. Okay. Can you tell us a story about when you learned how to dally? Man, whew, I still can't dally very good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I would always, I'm not, I wasn't a cowboy, you know, I mean, I rode bulls, but I was never growing up around horses and stuff. And uh, we'll hear that I, since I own my ranch and you, you kind of got to go into that part of it and rope and, you know, now, now I love it. I, I wrote bulls at bull ridings. I do it all, you know, uh, but it was one of them deals that one time I was, I, I would just go out through the field and I just rope a stick or something, you know, and practice my ballion. <laughs> well, one time the rope, the rope <laughs> did not come off the stick and it got real tight and then it just let go and hit my horse in the ass. There Larry went. <laughs> at that point, I was, I was really regretting the horse riding part of it. I, I, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. There's one the thing you that never, you didn't grow up on horses at all, LJ. I didn't. I, I did not. I. So you must from... have won
2: a, uh, you must have won a couple rounds at Stampede, didn't you?
3: Oh yeah. You man, use... I, yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Do I? You hated getting on that horse, didn't
0: you?
3: I hated it, and um, <laughs> the thing I hated even more was riding a horse in the NFR Grand Entry every day. Yep. That well, just because. Well, for one, you had dipshits like Cody Whitney. You know that road right by me knew I was scared of horses. Or not scared of horses, but just didn't <laughs> didn't really want to want to go to bucket in front of the crowd. You know, and uh, uh, he would try to try to take my head stall off going down the alley or something stupid to try to get me thrown off. And yeah, it's one of the things. But now, you know, I mean, heck, since I've been retired, we we're on horses quite a bit, and it's kind of a different a different lifestyle for me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What uh, what made you go rodeo? And you you went to the world finals over and over, and then. It was kind of near the end of your career, right? That you did the the I NFR. I was in 2000, uh, yeah.
3: when I went. Uh, I I went a couple years before that. I tried to go. Me and Clayton Fulton kind of partnered, r- traveled together, and you know I, I went to some, but I just I didn't set my mind into it. But as a kid growing up, you know everybody's dream is you want to ride them yellow bucking shoots. I mean that's just a dream that every bull rider should have. And uh, finally that year two thousand eleven. I thought, uh, you know, this is the year I want to do it, and, and I did. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the PBR pretty much gave me everything I've got here. I mean, I, I, PBR is the great, greatest thing that I've ever done. But the funnest things that I did was go rodeo. That was the mm-hmm. most fun I've ever had. You know, the events you go to, they're laid back. They're just, uh, man, it, it was awesome. And whenever I, I went there, won the average, and then I didn't even go to none. I said, you know what? I'm good. I, I did what I, did. I mean, cause obviously was doing the PBR and rodeo and it takes a toll on your body. You got to stay healthy all year. And, and that's hard to do. Well, then they upped the money and everything. I was like, you know what? I want to go back. Well, then that was four years later. They, they wouldn't give me my NFR exemption. So I got turned out of every rodeo I entered. Like it didn't matter. And I had to go to California for a thousand added rodeo just to get my money and my qualifications up I finally broke the top 50 when whenever I got hurt. Oh shit. So, yeah. No so bad. I was I was headed back that direction, but uh, yes, I should make was. it. <laughs> what about the
1: what about the uh, the NFR experience itself? What is how does it compare to say the PBR World Finals?
3: You know, like I said, PBR World Finals the money, it's awesome. I mean it's but when it comes down to which if I had to pick which one I like the best, it's the NFR. Just the experience you know, whenever we're there for the PBR finals, you get in a cab, you know, the cab driver's like, aren't you, aren't you a couple months early? You know, everybody Um, knows in that bar. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you go, when you get there, I mean, the whole town turns into cowboy town and it's just, uh, 10 days in a row, the after parties, you know, I mean, there ain't much sleep. It's just, uh, it's just a hell of a time
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you were kind of you were always like you said that laid back kind of guy not really the fucking amped up guy jumping around back there you know you're just calm cool collected the whole time so that rodeo side would seem to to kind of fit you how did you how'd you last so long on the pbr side just the money side of it you just knew that that's where you wanted to be or what do you think
3: yeah, and I don't know. I got to where I didn't like being gone, so it was easy to fly in, ride, and obviously the money. You know, I mean, if you're doing this, you're doing it. I mean, we all love it, but at the end of the day, we we want to make a living doing it. You know, and uh, yeah, I just uh, whenever whenever you get on tour, you know, and you get to being in that top ten and whatever, you know, you're kind of like a namesake, and you, and you got to go. You know, it's something that I'm not just going to quit. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just I want to make the make the finals every year. And that's what I did. And if I could do something on the side, then, then I would do it.
1: Yeah. Fucking right. Well, let's get into the, uh, the career ending injury broken, uh, broke your neck, correct? Broke your back. Broke your correct. neck. It broke my neck. Where, uh, was that Billings?
3: That was in Nampa, Idaho.
1: Nampa. Yeah. Can you walk us through, uh, you know, I, I know it's probably tough to talk about, not something fun to talk about, but that day and, and just everything that went along with it, obviously you rode for so many years and then all of a sudden for it to come crashing down like that. What, what do you, what kind of stands out for you about, about that injury?
3: Uh, you know, for one, uh, that wasn't even the bull I had drawed. I got a ride, and I shouldn't even got a ride. You know, he was old, old 14 was being, was being gracious to me that day. Cause, uh, so I shouldn't even got a ride, but I got one. And then it was one of them deals. Oh yeah. Strong hearts bull. I had, you know, and I was like, Oh, this, this is good. He's good. Everybody gets along with him. And I was, I was riding, riding perfect and my hand just popped out of my popped out of my rope. And I was kind of like in the middle of him riding no handed. And when he just threw me up, I hit his butt and kind of just came down right on my head and worst feeling pain I've ever felt in my life. Just, just the burning, you know, down, mm-hmm. down your spine and, um, yeah i i knew something wasn't right you know and i was trying to be positive about it and you know that that night tandy came in there and said you're done you know there was another doctor there they said oh yeah you'll be back in six months you know and, and tandy got there he said no he said this is it was the same thing that uh, apollo creamer had
0: okay yeah.
3: so you know it's one of them deals so i knew i had to i had to be something now with that being said that wasn't the last bull i've been on
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
3: i've been on probably i don't know i'd say six or seven since then
1: oh you did hey just at the house or (laughs) at events or where'd you go
3: well well one the first one is about a year after i got hurt i was at a bull riding there might have been a quite a bit of fireball involved (laughs) (laughs) and a buddy of mine had a bull there that been to the nfr back in the day but he was old old longhorn, just turned back to the ride and somebody bet me i wouldn't get on like they had the arena halfway tore down because i mean it was a fair deal it was over <laughs> i ran out and i yelled at the, the last band of bull riders said are you, are you where y'all going They're like well leave i said no you're not i need somebody's gear so i got all of the gear and i got on him and rode him and i mean you know it was, it was good and i was like all right that's it i'm done that's that was stupid i should have never done so i mean i really at the end of the day my neck was so bad they didn't even have surgery on it because they're afraid, you know, if they hit an artery or something. And it still bothers me every day. So there was that one. And then I think there might have been one other one. Yeah, there's one other one at the house, which every time I've been on since in it, there's been <laughs> there's been help with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some kind of encouragement. On me getting on a bull is a great idea. Yeah. So. uh yeah i i got on one at the house rode good and i mean felt good it kind of you know i sober up the next day i'm thinking how stupid it is but at that time i'm like hey you know i should go get my neck fixed you know i still got it in me yeah. well then uh you a guy got a hold of me at an event and talked me and said hey make it your your final last ride at, at my event on new year's eve and Hell, at that point, I thought I could ride anything, you know, with the day I had. So I said, all right, yeah, I'll do it. Well, the next day I woke up. I'm like, oh, man, I shouldn't have told him that. First thing I did when I got on Facebook, it was plastered everywhere. Like, he done advertised it. I'm like, son of a... (laughs) So (laughs) I knew I had to get on my last bull at this event. Well, the bulls I'd been on before... I hadn't had that plan. That just happened. Well, here I wake up that morning to that event. knowing I had to get on a bull that day. And it's just one of them deals where I'm like, matter of fact, he was a Canadian bull. He was a good sucker. I I took him, I got on him and I rode him. I was 80, me and dirty to one, that bull run. We were 86 and a half. And, uh, yeah, that, that was officially my last ride up mm-hmm. until about two months ago, but we won't talk about that one. That <laughs> was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretend that one didn't happen.
3: And and I tried him twice that night.
1: Oh fuck. i was, yeah, it I've seen work. your guys' practice pens. It looks like you guys have a fucking blast of a time. At about
3: two o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah. Shit gets <laughs> yeah. turned out and it's game.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so,
1: so you said no surgery on it, and you said Tandy told you that you were done. Do you, what it was like? Do you know what vertebrae or what it was in there? Or was there ever a chance that you?
3: It, yeah, it shattered my C1 and C2. Yeah fuck
1: so was there ever a, a like a scare of you not feeling your legs or uh you know anything like that or or i
3: mean i think i think that's always a scare you know i mean even get bit getting on a horse and getting thrown off or hitting your head you know walking under your trailer you know it's every time i had something like that would happen i'd hit my head on a bar or something like i i'd feel it you know um so i mean there's always that and you know, I'm not. I was a bull rider. Okay, I'm not the smartest son of a bitch out there. I've after six mo- my six month checkup. I haven't been back. Yeah. So yeah. And yeah. you know, I I, you just, I need to go get it checked. I need to get stuff. You know, make sure everything's good. Because I mean, it still hurts. I mean, every every other day, I'll wake up and it'll be hurting.
1: Did you ever go back to Tandy and and like you have an appointment and just, like did he would you say you can't fucking do it, buddy? Like you'll be fucked or did you well think about coming
3: back? To- i didn't go through tandy um i went through his neck doctor there in dallas and yeah i mean from the word go he said you're you're lucky to be alive or, or not paralyzed because i guess the c the c1 and two is what your head where your skull balance is on you know and i shattered it, so, uh, mm-hmm. I, it when you when you,
2: when you watch that back lg i just watched that video here an hour ago um and of it course almost, you fucking
1: guys they just they, they like they joke around about it on Facebook you go on LJ's Facebook it's all his buddies from back home and when you hit the ground he starts kicking his fucking legs and it's instead of like everybody else is like oh my god that's so terrible you guys all just like oh look at this fucking guy he's trying to break his toes after he broke his neck <laughs>
2: he's trying to break his toes but you know you look back at it and we've seen how many wrecks have we watched over the years you know you didn't come from a you know a real significant Uh, distance down you know it was just I guess when you talk about freak accidents that was a freak accident which you know in bull riding that's adversity and the shit you deal with you know day to day but uh, you know when you're crawling away there like Tanner asked you knew it was serious though eh?
3: Yeah yeah and like you know watching it back I mean I've landed I used to land on my head every time I got off, it seemed like. Like, that was a big joke in the sports medicine is, is how how bad I'm going to land, whether I stay on or if I or if I get bucked off. So, I mean, I've landed 100 times worse than that. It was just one yeah, of them deals yeah. that got me perfect. And, uh, yeah, I mean, crawling away, I mean, like, there was no question of where the bull was. Like, I didn't care. You know, it was one of them deals where the burning that went down my whole. I mean, to my toes, like, I knew something was bad.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, speaking of the video, uh, my good buddy, Blake Rowan, he lives right down. We've been best friends forever, you know, and it wasn't a couple weeks after this happened, you know, here I am. And, and he makes that video of me doing it. And uh, yeah, it, a lot of people got really mad about it, but you know, it is what it is. You know everybody's got, got, got to know us, you know, we don't, we just joke around. I mean, we're going to take the worst case scenario and turn something into it. If it's, he can make a good joke about it, then that's what he's going to do.
1: Uh, the good moments though, from, from the career, like we talked you, you your career span over 10 years, you've seen all sorts of bulls, all sorts of riders. What stands out for you as like maybe your, your best ride or, or an event that stands out to you? What What is kind of the, the biggest moment that you can remember of, of those years on that big tour?
3: Well, you know, winning the PBR finals was, was really big. That was my second year. I was 19. Um, just one of them deals where, I mean, that, that, to win that. And, uh, you know, that was, I think Adriano Marias won the world title just to have my name up there with them guys. You know, that's gonna be pretty big. And then, you know, throughout my year, I rode Voodoo Child was, was one of my good rides that I look back on. Cause I think I picked him seven times probably and got him rode once, oh, but shit. Uh, you know, he was one I would always pick. Um, I liked him, but uh, he always had something different to him every time. But, you know, I wasn't one that liked them big, scary ones. You know, I liked them, you know, just about middle of size pack bulls. And he went in there and he stood good. And he was just, he was just a good one to pick in the short round. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'll have to give it to y'all. Anytime somebody tells me if I'm going to go to a rodeo, which one should I go to? I say Calgary Stampede. I mean, that's hands down you know the, the the one we look forward to every week every year you know it's uh it was, it was fun just to go out of country and you know you guys know how to party and uh got <laughs> well, thanks you just gotta,
0: thanks yeah, for that yeah yeah, yeah
3: you, it's a it's a great time and you just gotta stay off the escalators
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: we talked about that with j we yeah, had jesse on the, pod. on the pod yeah, yeah.
2: I was uh, looking, I don't know if, I thought it was your contact on my phone, but I've got a picture of you sitting, you know, when we're sitting in the hole at Calgary there before you guys get introed, And I don't know if you forgot your hat or what, but you took some, one of those, did you trade your hat with some girl?
3: Remember Uh, that? No, what it was. It was
2: like a Corona hat or something. (laughs) Like it was worth
0: six bucks.
3: It was, it was the same night. Jesse fell on the escalator. We were up there watching the chuck wagon races and, you know, we were having a good time. And Jesse took my hat and just launched it out in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if y'all know this. I know y'all live there, but during the stampede, they don't sell real cowboy hats anyway.
0: <laughs> no, they don't. No.
3: So that was the best thing I could come up with, you know, and I just bought it and uh, went to intros in it and, Luckily I i ended up winning that round that day. Luckily somebody oh. let me borrow the hat for the for the grand <laughs> and the, the up front deal and oh, uh fuck. yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: yeah cool. I have that I'll have to find that picture for Tanner's yeah. intro. I know I got it on one of my devices oh, yeah. somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's gold. Yeah. Cool. I think the first time I met you was at the ranchman's and I think me and Bosban were in a fist fight with a bunch of people and we got to meet you and Austin Meyer for the first time. Some of our idols.
3: <laughs> where, 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 where's the
2: ranchments? Where's the ranchments. Yeah.
3: I don't even know what that place was.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> but I do remember every time I went to Calgary, I had to make sure I got it. there. There's a hotel right across the street, and I made oh, sure yeah. I stayed there every year.
2: We yeah. need to get Carriage House as a sponsor because I think <laughs> it's been mentioned on this podcast three or four times. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, Carriage House. That, be- that was it. That's the one. Yeah.
1: What made you switch from a – from a? you started your career wearing a hat and then you switched to a helmet about halfway through. Was there a significant injury or you just decided that was time to do that?
3: Well, everybody had kind of moved moved over to the helmets, you know, and I don't know. It was one of them deals. I got cut in 2008, I think, is when it was. Um, and when I got cut, I was like, now if I'm going to make a transition, it's the best time to do it. So I put a helmet on, hated it, couldn't – I mean, I couldn't see nothing – I just kept wearing and I finally got used to it. it's one of them things that you know if you want to make a living riding bulls you need to protect yourself any way you can and no matter what you know I know that cowboy mentality is there and cowboy hat down um you know looking back on it if I would have had a cowboy hat the day I got hurt I might have not have got it. you know I might not have broke broke my neck I don't know but there have been many times that would have been bad if I didn't have that helmet on either so yeah um I just wanted to prolong my career as I could
1: same with the, the Brazilian-style rope. Just everybody was doing that. You were kind of the first one, I remember, to, to have that Brazilian-style rope back when everybody was using the American ropes, and you were the one that I came and checked your rope out and got the exact same one as you had because it f- felt good. And What made you do, uh, try that out?
3: You know, I was struggling, and uh, Brendan Clark and Luke. Brendan started with it, I think. They, he let Luke use that rope, and then Luke let me use the rope. And it's just like it made sense. You know, the, the rope itself made sense on everything and it felt good. Um, you know, I did learn in, later on in my career that, you know, a Brazilian rope, when you first switch over as an American guy, you know, as long as you do the right things and you get out over them and you do what you're supposed to do, that rope is going to help you and pull you around. But whenever you go to ride like the Brazilians, you know, whenever they first came over, which I think Kaiki and some of them, they've transitioned yeah. on riding right. But if you go to hunkering down and just trying to try to let the rope do the riding for you, that's whenever I did the worst. You know, I, I ended up going back to an American. The, the, whenever I won the NFR, I had an American rope. No shit. And then I swapped back to a Brazilian. Yeah. It was just one of them deals that I felt like I got too comfortable with yeah. the Brazilian rope. And I started getting lazy and trying to ride. So with going back to that American rope, you know, I started riding good again and riding correct. And then I could swap back because in in my mind I was doing things right.
1: Yeah. You weren't as strong as Glare May or Adriano, you don't think?
3: I thought you were. <laughs> I'm not I'm not strong. I'm not in shape. I'm nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So you talk about
1: those uh, those young guys coming up through the through the ranks of these tours across Missouri and stuff. Uh, Mason Lowe was a guy that I know that you were close with and, and probably seen him coming up. What, uh, is there anything that stands out about Mason? I remember at Tulsa when, when he had Bushwacker that first time he was talking to you and, and always looked up to you and was trying to learn from you in a sense. So uh, what, what was your kind of relationship with him?
3: You know, him being from Missouri, I remembered him when I when he was a little bitty kid and I, and I always kind of followed him and, uh, friends, friends with his mom and everybody, his dad. Uh, so whenever he got there and even whenever, you know, I'd go back to Missouri and ride some open bull ridings. That was when he was at that age where he was kind of starting to enter. So, I mean, I, I, I knew him, we talked all the time, but, uh, you know, he came up to me whenever that day, when he picked Bushwhacker, he asked me what to pick and, uh, I said, Mason, I said, I know you don't care. And I was like, you know, show everybody that, that you're here to stay. Go go for Bushwhacker. He never batted an eye. You know, he said, okay. And that's what he did. You know, unfortunately, just like most of us, Bushwhacker got him. But uh, he was just that down-to-earth cowboy. You know, I mean, he was the cowboy hat down, never thought nothing twice, um, always going to have a good time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, I think I think that's why we got along pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. Like to drink some just beer. And
0: get
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got yeah. one more one okay, for you yeah. that you got to talk about, and that's um, well, there's two. I need the story of when you ran into a trailer of pipe. You got that one for me?
3: Oh, yeah, that was just like last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what yeah, up, I uh put on a big bull ride here, here at my house, and uh, we all go to the bar. And I have my truck and trailer kind of parked out there. Well, I forget the guy unhooked his pipe trailer right there. So we come back. And for some reason, I think I need to load my bulls and take them to my other other place at three o'clock in the morning. So I go hop in my truck and go to just cranking it around. Don't even look in my mirrors, you know, and to back up to the hole. And I feel myself and, you know, me, I thought I was getting stuck because it rained a bunch. So I kind of pull up a little bit and put it back in reverse and harp on it. I mean, get after it. There was a trailer there. There was a trailer full of pipes there that took out the whole side of my brand new truck. Uh,
2: I'm I'm just glad I'm not the only guy that does stupid shit when he drinks uh, or gets stupid ideas. Wow. Oh,
3: uh, yeah. dude, yeah. It's, uh, all the time.
1: All the damn time. And what happens when you try to nap around your house? Somebody told me that there's something something goes down whenever you try to have naps at your house.
3: I got a kid that lives here with me. Him and my girlfriend, they think it's funny to like, because I, I don't like spicy hot stuff. Like, I hate it. They'll get syringes full of hot sauce or whatever, and I get it and I'll sleep in my mouth open most, most of the times. And sure as shit, I've woke up to just mouth full of hot sauce most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is safer. Nobody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, a really good time um around there so what's next what do you think uh for for lj now with your bulls obviously you're gonna you keep doing now you got all those cattle and stuff is there ever a chance you'd like to come back and do media stuff with the the pbr or uh what's kind of a, in the future for lj
3: you know i think mean, just the the bull deal um keep raising them keep playing with them get a good set to go the pbrs uh you know and I'm i'm still i'm kind of I'm starting a new little bull riding tour. Just I'm always trying something new, Try to figure out how to get everybody involved. And with the bull team deal, and I'm, I'm fixing to try to launch that come next year. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be involved in it regardless of whatever I do and just raise this little one because in about two years we'll be probably – I don't want to say, but doing the damn barrel racing and all that. So I <laughs> Ooh,
2: uh, yeah, nice. yeah.
1: that's
3: a whole new tax
2: bracket when you start yeah. buying barrel horses, <laughs> trailers, and trucks.
3: That's yeah. it. That's it.
2: LJ, good talking to you today. Uh, some good stories, and glad to glad to know you didn't uh, fall off the escalator. It was Jesse, and, and uh, <laughs> even if you did, even if you did, even if you did lose a handle of the deal. Anyways, this is. uh, the NFP podcast, and we always ask our guests, "What does
3: NFP mean to you?" Just being a cowboy, you know. Don't don't, don't ever turn turn away from nothing. Don't ever turn away from a challenge, uh, you know. And I've seen it a bunch here, you know, bucking bulls for for younger kids. You know, I've caught myself. I mean, call them the biggest pussies that that, that they can be because they're scared, you know. And it's just one of the things you got to look past that. And you just got to keep going, and uh, you know, you you, you can't reach your goal without trying and you, you just can't be a pussy. I mean, that's it. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah but you gotta, gotta be all in. What's uh, what's the best advice you can give to a young bull rider just starting out wanting to actually has never been on a bull, but wants to be a bull rider. What's the advice? What would be the one or two things you tell them?
3: You you need to go to YouTube and, and, and watch, you know, pick out, pick out a mentor, pick out, uh, you know, a legend you know and, and watch it and just learn some stuff and then before you even think about getting on a bull go go to a bull riding school you know learn the fundamentals the technique they're gonna have bulls there that, that that's good for you like you come to my house and want to get on for the first time I'm gonna be honest with you I'm probably not gonna put you on something that you need to be getting on because I don't yeah. keep a lot of that a lot of that type of bull around so I mean the main thing is you know go after it you know it's it's not ballerina it's not you know it's it's gonna hurt you're gonna get on shoot fighters. you're gonna get banged up but if it was easy everybody would do it you know so you just mm-hmm. got to take you got to take the good with the bad and just learn how to do it right
1: fucking okay, right that's good awesome one. larry awesome. give us here give us your your top bull right now one that we can watch for uh, a lot of our our fan base watches the ride past cbs every weekend what's what's your go-to right now your top one you think
3: am my. My best one I got, I'd say, is Berserk. He's three-time PBR Finals bull, which he's he's getting some he's getting some age on him. So uh, I don't know how many more years we got, but uh, I got some young ones coming up. We call the Sandman. Uh, he was he was really good at a Touring Pro the other day, and then we got another bull called Cosmic Crazy. He was a high mark bull at Mason Lowe's Memorial the other day. They marked him a forty six, and uh, you know we got some good bulls. We just you know we just stay here in Oklahoma quite a little too much. We need to get going with them. Oh uh, yeah, cool, nice.
1: Okay, Jason, Scott, you guys good with Larry? Yeah, man. Oh, good. We appreciate you, man. Fucking big time. One of the best, in my opinion, to ever fucking strap the rope uh, as a PBR rider. All those years of, of going and... Uh, like I said, Hall of Famer in my opinion, one day. So looking forward to the to the Ring of Honor ceremony when when they finally put you in that some bitch. So uh, once again, appreciate you coming on here. Appreciate sharing a locker room with you and having fun all over those years. And hopefully, we have many more to come.
3: Yes, sir. Good talking to y'all.
1: You too, buddy. This has been L.J. Jenkins on the NFP Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment.
3: When I'm too damn old to sit a horse, I'll steal the
1: warden's car. Break my ass out of this prison, leave my teeth there in a jar. You don't need no teeth for kissing gals or smoking cheap cigars. I'll sleep with one eye open, neath God's celestial stars. Tonight we rock, tonight we roll. We'll rob the Juarez liquor store for the Ray Posada gold. And if we drink ourselves to death,
2: ain't that the cowboy way to go? Tonight we ride.
0: Tonight we ride.
2: Tonight we fly. We're heading
1: west. Toward the mountains and the ocean where the eagle makes his nest. If our bones bleach on the desert, we'll consider we are blessed. Tonight we ride. Tonight. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Tonight we ride.